We are doing a test on Brightburn using the new computer today. So it sounds a little weird for me. It sounds like a two different uh, voices are coming through the headphones. So let me see if I can't get this all straightened out and whatnot. Uh, I don't know. All right. I apologize for the funky sound setup. I honestly, I can't do this with headphones right now. Um, sorry, I lost my laptop today so I didn't physically lose it I lost the ability to use it I accidentally crushed a freaking SD card in between the keyboard and the screen when I was trying to pack some stuff up and it cracked the screen and I'm just incredibly upset about it right now so I've got this funky setup trying to get up the podcast going so if this sounds a little different if this sounds a little weird or if this is mastered differently if i don't have the same sound cues as i normally do if the editing's different then you know why because things are a little funky over here at the lucky dog uh studio um having to switch some things up and i actually can't hear the sound of my voice when i'm recording so um yeah so i hope everything's coming through um clean and crisp and clear um today we are discussing brightburn 2019 directed directed by david yavarsky david yavarsky is uh, actually pretty pretty well known for uh working with the james gunn family and james gunn and family mark gunn brian gunn um one which is, uh, let me see, Brian Gunn is the brother of James Gunn, Sean Gunn, Patrick Gunn, and Matt Gunn. And uh, he is one of the writers on um, on Brightburn, as well as Mark Gunn, which is the cousin of uh, the individuals I just listed, the Gunn family. So... You can see that they are heavily invested in this as a family. Um, David Yavarsky uh, specifically worked on, um, I think he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, he's directed The Hive, which was, uh, I believe that was a, a sci-fi horror, 2014. Um, and David Yavarsky's also directed a fair amount of um, music videos. So I um, I had heard a little bit about Brightburn. Uh, other than the fact that it's a comic, I have not really um, delved deep into it. I've, I'm not um, engrossed in the Brightburn lore, but I do know that it's essentially what if Batman came to Earth and he decided not to be good. So I didn't really see too many trailers uh, revolving it. All I knew was kind of the writers and the people behind it, and I kind of had high hopes for it. Um, this movie stars Elizabeth Banks as Tori Breyer, the mother, Jackson A. Dunn as Brandon Breyer, the main main character, David Denman, who was um, the guy, the warehouse guy in the office, who plays Kyle Brent Breer, and uh, those are pretty much the main cast. It's not a major cast. I'd say that it's a relatively small movie in proximity proximity to what I thought it was going to be. So, um, 
if you don't want to know anything specific, you know, spoilery or plot wise, you know, just hop on out now with the exception of I would tell you that I don't think that um, this movie is built up to be all that it's worth. I think that there's some major flaws within this um, Brightburn um, movie, and I I have some major quibbles with it, and honestly, it's a slight letdown from what I was expecting um, from from the anticipation that was building. So, uh, sorry, I put my headphones back on. I can't hear anything again. Um, so let's do the synopsis real quick. Here's a synopsis for Brightburn 2019. What if a child from another world crash-landed on Earth, but instead of becoming a hero to mankind, he proved to be something far more sinister? Uh, Brightburn 2019 is rated R with an hour and 30 minutes, budgeted at $7 million, and the more I look at it and the more I recall it, I do believe that sounds about right. It's a, It's a small movie, and you can kind of feel it within the uh the parameters that they shoot in although i do think they showed a lot of the quote unquote superhero uh super parts you know the, the budget it's 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 um it's used to the max is what i'd say i would have said this was probably closer to like a 20 million dollar movie instead of a 7 million dollar but um i still thought it um visually worked I think visually is probably where it worked the best. The direction is some of the best. The acting in um, with the main character, I thought, was um, probably the strongest. But other than that, there is some serious uh, thematic problems throughout the, um, the tone of the movie. It kind of doesn't really know what tone it's kind of hitting. It, it, uh, it sort of starts out as this, like, um, you know... Not so, ho- it's not exactly not hopeful, but it's, uh, you know, uh, somewhat optimistic is what I would say. And it slowly turns very dark, very sinister, um, very quickly. I think, um, with without spoiling too much, there's kind of a lot of, um, slasher tropes, slasher, um, themes running through this movie mostly regarding um you know how women are treated through this movie now it's kind of hard to say this without spoiling it too much so i i will just leave it right there i didn't like how the uh the the women were treated in the movie mostly because of the uh, playwright and uh um the the writing did not serve equal parts to it did not give enough character development on all fronts to make you really care about the story and that's where it kind of left me feeling empty now um without this is still without spoiling there is a major plot point that revolves around the fact that he's uh this main character is adopted and if you're going to have an adopted character on screen 
and make it that blatantly obviously that they're adopted. You know, the parents are having you know problems conceiving, and so they decide to go out of their way, uh, you know, out of the you know the kindness of their hearts to to adopt someone. Um, let alone this you know this entity that comes out of you know the sky. I I find it important that you tread lightly when talking about, you know, um, a kid not being happy with adoption. Now, um, in the movie Shazam, there is a major tone um, that runs through the entire movie that revolves around family and the importance of inclusion. Now, I feel like this movie takes the exact opposite approach. And they talk about it very loosely, like, you know, adoption, you know, you're my son, no matter if you fall from the heavens or if you come from someone else's, you know, womb, that kind of thing. But it's never really implied. And I find that extremely difficult to... um to digest as somebody that has been in the quote unquote adoption system. I was never, you know, I was, I was adopted at a a very young age before I was even, you know, two. So I have no recollection. So I can't speak for being, you know, one of the children that have not been adopted before, you know, the memory, but was, you know, started to become cognitively functioning. But what I'm saying is if you're going to have this topic of adoption and, you know, parental guidance and, you know, nature versus nurture and um, that type of thing, I I really think that maybe they should have had another representation of of this situation in the story. Now, this is a very uh, consolidated story, and without spoiling it, I... I don't think it's that big of a deal to say that there's not that many big representations of um, children that are adopted. Now, if you are like, uh, uh, you know, parents that are looking to adopt and you go to see this movie, this is not an encouraging movie to make you want to go, you know, adopt a baby. This is kind of exactly the opposite. And it, it, it really hits home especially to people like me, because I can see the um, implications that this movie is starting to press. And I, I, I never saw movies like The Omen or anything like that, or I have not seen it yet at this point. So I can't really, um, you know, put that uh, type of, um, you know, quote unquote, juju onto the movie and kind of, you know, compare it in that way. But I mean, it really does put it in a light where it's like, I, you know, it, it makes you scared of a child and this, you know, this movie, um, you know, I don't know if you say dares to go to that length, but it really does hit strides and it shows scenes where I thought I would never see, like it, it, I was on the verge of just like, this is just, it feels wrong on many different levels and um, in a way that made me just feel 
weird watching it. And I was like, I'm not really sure why I'm watching this anymore. So if it's making me question all this shit, I'm not really sure if I, you know, would ever recommend this. So I gave this a five out of 10, almost strictly gave it a five because of the visuals and the acting. But I really thought the, the writing and the, the playwright, uh, just the, the screenwriting really just let, let me down. I was just expecting a whole lot more. And, uh, I got a whole lot less. Brian Gunn, let me see what he's done before. Brian uh, Gunn was on the screenplay of Journey to these, uh, the Mysterious Island with The Rock. And he's also done some, uh, looks like very small television work and um, executive producing. Mark Gunn has done, uh, he was on Journey 2 as well. And he was also on these other... Uh, smaller television movies and whatnot, um, like Bring It On, um, again, which, uh, is a sequel to a sequel, which was on television, so it's like these guys are not exactly massive screenwriters, and I can feel the edge, I guess because I saw a lot of people are going to see James Gunn's name on this as a, uh, an EP and exe executive producer, they might be expecting a little bit lighter of a tone. So I could definitely see mostly because he's associated with guardians of the galaxy that he might, um, um, he might get a tad bit of backlash for this. I'm, I don't know. I was not, I was not thrilled with it. And, uh, I pretty much only, the only good things about it were probably the direction and, uh, the ability to stretch seven million dollars out to this big i mean it was it was done really well um so let me see all right let's talk about spoilers for uh brightburn um starting right now right here right now all right so so brightburn the Spoiler section. First problem was the fact that this character attacks, I think, two women. He he breaks one. He breaks a little girl's hand who he was interested in, but she's uh, she found out he was being creepy and denies him. So he decides to break her hand. It was brutal. Once. The breaking of the hand happens. I think you really start to see where this movie's starting to go. But the the problem where it um well let let me continue with uh, the women that are abused throughout this, and it's just hard to watch the entire time. I was so surprised all these women are abused throughout this entire movie, and it was it was quite disturbing, honestly. I mean, it, it really you know brought to light what if one of these superheroes became bad or if they're villains or if, if we really saw a rated r movie with some of these superheroes it could be you know pretty devastating and pretty you know nasty but um if we don't care for the characters that are being attacked you know what does it matter and so i felt like there was a, a big piece of this puzzle missing this was an hour and 30 minutes I thought it probably could have been a little bit closer to an hour 50 if we would have gotten a little bit more character development between um the our main antagonist uh, uh Brandon 
and his parents, I thought they, they, they had, a, you know, a decent relationship, but it's not really developed that much. And it's mostly all in one scene that he just decides that he wants to, or that he finds out that, you know, he, you know, he has the power and, uh, he, he's very slow to, um, to, you know, use his powers mostly because probably the budget, but I would say that, um, I mean, they, they did a phenomenal job on a $7 million budget. I think they're definitely going to make their money back with, uh, you know, just based on the action that is, you know, they're bringing in. Plus it's a horror film. So it's probably going to make a ton of money. Um, so the second attack, um, that's on what's his face's what's her face's mother, which she should have told the cops that um, Brandon was going to attack uh, her mother because he clearly told her right before he was about to do it. It didn't make any fucking sense. I was like, anybody with e eyes and ears that are watching this would know that this is a massive, massive plot hole with among many others. Um, so. The, um, you know, Brandon goes and tells, uh, tells, um, his quote unquote non-girlfriend, um, Caitlin that he's going to go, you know, attack, you know, take care of his mother. And there's this whole subplot of, he takes her mother and she is, I guess she's tied up in the barn or something like that and being, um, her organs are being taken out or something. It was very unclear and it's never explained through the entire movie. I guess it's a comic book thing. Um, why there are, why her mother is being kept in the, the, the farm and being harvested for whatever reason. I, I, I thought it was going to be for some like, you know, you know, birthing thing or something, but it was never explained and she was clearly dead and it would just, you know, nothing ever came of it. So, um, I wonder if there was like a big piece that was cut out of this movie that we just never saw. So I had heard some complaints about the editing. I, I had heard that he drops a lady from, I don't know, the, um, you know, from the sky and I didn't know there was going to be his mother, but it ended up being her and just the way that every, Okay, so let me re rewind uh, again. Um, so Caitlin gets her hand broken, which is the first girl, which is just, that was disturbing. Second one was the uh, Caitlin's mother at the, you know, getting the glass in the eye. Oh my God, that was fucking terrible. I was like, oh fuck, that's going to really, that's going to be a money maker for probably a lot of people uh, uh, to go see the movie just based on that shot. I mean, it's uh, traumatizing to see and people like getting their heebie-jeebies on. So that's probably what's going to get them in the butts and the seats. But that is a terrible fucking shot. I had heard about that shot in the trailer. Um, very effective. Um, extremely scary. And I had wondered what had happened to the body of um, Caitlin's mother. And so that's, we, we, you know, that is somewhat explained where the body's gone to later, but not really why it's there. So, um, yeah, there's tons of plot holes regarding that I'm not that don't really seem that explained um so let me see the um we got the cliche black cop in this it's running 10 10 steps behind everybody and nobody's communicating with anyone we have the the 
the cool aunt and uncle who are being harassed by Brandon. I thought this was the weirdest scene. We have um, Brandon's uh, aunt, I believe, um, running around in her skivvies, and he's kind of like showing up at her um, house and saying how, you know, you shouldn't be talking about, you know, the, the case and whatnot. It's like, what the hell? This kid's not subtle. He's not, he doesn't cover his tracks and he leaves a calling card and, and that, that little signature. So it, he just doesn't give a sheet. And, uh, clearly by the, the credits, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I wonder even what they, they plan on doing with the sequel. But anyways, I thought that was just, uh, they you could see that they were working with a pretty good budget on a horror budget for um the um majority of the second act with him harassing the uh, uh his aunt and his uh uncle but i mean he fucked up his uncle in one of those scenes and he starts to become like a sociopath you know making signs with blood and it feels like a lot of the adults in the movie are kind of stupid when it comes to this. I don't know why it takes um, photos in an office for them to realize that, you know, they have some of the same symbols as they would at previous uh, scenes. And it just seems like there's so many dots that they could have connected a lot sooner that would have made this a lot more, uh, made made a lot more sense. But I mean, oh, I mean, there's some, there's some gruesome shots like the, uh, uh when she breaks her hand, when she gets the the eye, um, the glass in the eye, when her when his uncle gets his jaw like fucking like removed when he moves his hand um, after the car wreck, and then his father at the very <clears throat> at the very end, excuse me, um, when he blo- first of all his father he just goes off the deep end and basically calls his son of twelve years a thing. And I was like, this is, this is absolutely abhorrent, uh, behavior. And (laughs) I was like this, you know, this kid's definitely going off the deep end, but you don't call your, your alien son a thing that can probably hear you anyway. And I was just like, I was, I was just really upset by that point of how they were treating the adoption standpoint. Um, um, they they pretty much just drop the ball on the entire thing because the the aunt keeps bringing it up. Oh, you're not happy with finding out you're adopted or something like that. And it's like this is not the way that anybody would be explaining this or how anyone would act. And it the motivations for him to kind of spiral out of control just don't really make tons of sense. He just seems to go way off the deep. He he gets extremely violent with um. You know, just right off the bat. And I feel like, yeah, it kind of is explained by the end with his, you know, father shooting him in the back of the head. And it was like a traumatizing scene as hell. I was like gasping the entire, I was like, <gasps> I was like, oh my God, we're fucked. I mean, we're all, everyone is, is fucked. And when he shot him in the back of the head, I was like, it's done. And uh, that was something I thought I would never see never really wanted to see <laughs> and uh then we see basically what would happen if superman uh laser beamed a guy straight in the eyes and this guy happened to do his father and it is traumatizing as hell now i um i would say 
you know, before we talk about Elizabeth Banks, and I think Elizabeth Banks was one of the strongest performances with, through this movie, and I feel like she probably has the most to work with. But I, I was, um, uh, I was a little taken back by the way that they treat the the mother son relationship and how there's kind of this, you know the way to defeat him, you know, you, he can be cut by his spaceship at the very end. And so she's kind of running around all the house, running around the house while he's kind of flying, destroying, crashing through it. And, uh, the effects are great through this the whole time. It's very scary. The, the atmosphere really works. I think the direction really works. It's, you know, the tonal and thematic, uh, decisions that really are hard to watch. And this feels like the birth of, uh, a super villain. I honestly thought we were going to see this guy grow up all the way to an adult, but I'm kind of glad we didn't, I guess. Um, we see Elizabeth Banks uh, eventually make it to um, the farm, and once she gets to the farm, she breaks off a piece of the uh, the sh- ship, and you know she, she sees Caitlin's mother in there with all her organs all squicked out, and so um, it's basically... Um, Elizabeth Banks telling her how much, telling her son how much, you know, he, she, she cares for him, but, you know, he's got to go kind of thing. And, uh, I don't know. It was a weird fucking ending just with the, the majority of the casualties within the movie of Brandon, you know, just lifting his mother up to the, you know, through the roof and she's just cut all the shreds and then he just drops her from, you know, the sky. It is, uh, it's, it's, a beautifully horrifying shot and I just didn't know how to react from this movie throughout most of it. I'm curious how the audience is going to, um, um, receive it. Um, let me see if I can get some IMDB, um, IMDB ratings. So solid B or shall I say double B by Treef A. Baum. This is what they said. It's not a perfect movie, but it was awesome. The filmmakers successfully expand the genre. BB reminded me as a mixture of X-23, played by Daphne Keen and Logan Charlie, played by Millie Sprint. Oh, okay, I don't know what the hell he's talking about now. So, um, it over had, overall had great some great ideas, but some of the scenes felt overly simplified. I think this is because of the smaller budget. I don't know why this, why the version I saw in the cinema had the red band trailer, trailers, eyes, glass shard scene removed. I wonder what other scenes got removed. I'm glad this exploratory, quote unquote, movie got greenlit. Hope it more of these get made. And I think that they do have a great summary with that. Um... I think it's a, a bold endeavor. It's a different type of story than what we're used to. You know, the, 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 the couple that can't get pregnant and then all of a sudden has an alien baby fall into their arms and the baby tries to kill him. It's just, a, you know, it's just one of those classics. <laughs> um, so here's a, a 5 out of 10. Um, sorry, the last rating was a 7 out of 10. So here's a 5 out of 10 rating um, by Ekin Bingol. I'm a fan of the genre and had high expectations from this movie. Unfortunately, it feels incomplete. No proper conversations, no feeling of mystery could have made could have been made way better.
Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's get a high rating, a 10 out of 10. Let's see what this guy said. 10 out of 10, way better than expected. Mio Day. It is it has surprised me a lot. I watched the I watched the trailer and I think it will be fun. It would just be fun, but I'm wrong. This movie is more than I expected. James Gunn bringing the new taste of horror movie. I don't think this is there for English is the first language. Um, a good combination between horror and superpower. This is darker than we need to talk about Kevin. Okay. Um, maybe Kevin Feige, I guess, and they're talking about making the MCU slightly darker. Um, with gore scenes everywhere, people got me... People around me got stunned. <laughs> Jeez. Because this movie give us something that we didn't ask, shocked. This is so good. 10 out of 10. Okay, so they, they obviously loved it. Um, let's see. Anything else? Um, okay, this looks like a pretty good one to end on as well. Um, let me make sure that we are doing good on time. 7 out of 10. Marco Azir. We need to talk about Brandon. His review says, Deeply disturbing, gory, but intelligently made. Brightburn is one of the underrated horror movies of the decade. To, to just list all the elements that make this one of the classiest genre efforts in recent years would probably take up most of a thousand words I'm allowed here. Suffice to say, it has a genuinely uncomfortable premise, uncompromising execution, and a bone-jarringly acting, bone-jarringly acted by Elizabeth Banks. Jackson A. Dunn is exceptional as the quiet, creepy Brandon Bayer, an alien baby with a similar origin to the Man of Steel with a twist. At once heartbreaking and terrifying, this could be the definitive latter-day horror movie monster if it wasn't just that bit too close to Jeepers Creepers but when you have a winning combination of elegance and disgust and a verbose supervillain superpowered villain I can't help but compare these two David Denon totally sucks as Kyle Breer and you can almost see all the cast acting the cast acting their little socks off as so as not to let the slide down so good in fact that I'm struggling to find one thing one bad thing to say about it I can think of no greater compliment for a truly adult horror movie no dear you won't find happy teens in pastel t-shirts having slumber parties and discussing trendy scary movies while some rap star tells tries to sell records on the soundtrack. This is a grown-up film for grown-up people. There is a reason horror films are for adults, and that reason is Brightburn. 22 out of 32 people found this helpful, and uh, I guess that is sort of helpful in a way. It kind of gives a nice way to uh, elaborate on how 
a lot of people are, you know, receiving this movie. Some people like it, some people not so much, some people love it. Um, let me know what you thought about Brightburn if you end up seeing it. Um, let us know at the Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com. Tweet us, Instagram us, Facebook us. We got a Facebook group where we post all types of fun stuff and uh, new media, new podcasts. Let us know if uh, you thought we were too harsh, not harsh enough. Comments, questions, concerns. Check us out at the Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and check the show notes for any additional show notes, uh, details, and additional podcasts coming up. Um, we, we've done tons of other podcasts, like uh, the, uh, the Extremely Wicked and Shockingly Evil and Vile on Netflix. It's the Ted Bundy movie uh, with Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. Um, Avengers Endgame 2019 is available. Avengers Age of Ultron 2015. The Avengers 2012, also available. We've done all of the most recent Avengers movies. And uh, on top of that, we have a load of podcasts coming down the tube. Thank you for listening. Lucky Dog Podcast. And take it easy.